3.30. I'll have you out by 3.15. Yeah. Did, did, did you like that little, little video this morning? That was kind of fun. Super Sunday. You know, this morning, I, I desire that it would be Holy Spirit Sunday, Super Spirit Sunday. And, you know, we've been pressing in. We want to see God. We want to touch Him. We want His presence evident in our, in our services and in our midst this morning. And He's here. Amen? Amen. Are we good? We're good. Okay. We are recording. So... Praise the Lord for that. See, I had the a note right here. Giants versus Patriots at 3.30. In case you didn't know. Amen. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8. But you shall receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This morning I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. We hear a lot about the Father and the Son, but sometimes... The Holy Spirit, there's a little bit of confusion when that comes into place. In fact, often it almost feels like we have this thing of in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We don't really understand who is the Holy Spirit. What is all the confusion? What is all the hubbub about the Holy Spirit? And and in certain circles, sometimes people are even afraid in in the church to speak about Holy Spirit. Because there's not just confusion, but there's debate on really what the Holy Spirit and what Holy Spirit is all about. Why all this circuitry? Why this fear? Sadly, because it's been a dividing point doctrinally between churches. This morning, I want to go into the Scriptures and see part of the works of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was with His disciples, after He was crucified and rose again and He walked with His disciples for 40 days... He gave the disciples one last piece of instruction. Now, I don't know about you, but when you're with a dying man, the last thing they say on their deathbed is usually important. You want to get real close when somebody says, come here, I want to tell you something. The last word somebody says is usually going to be something important. Even when you're with your own friends and Often you want to say that last thing before you hang up the phone or before someone goes away. Jesus, again, reiterated something He had spoken about before. And He told him, told His disciples to go and tarry, go wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high, until the Holy Spirit had come. And that's where we see Acts 1.8 come. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. In verse 5, just before this is John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So I want to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit fullness. But I want to lay a foundation for us all to make sure that we understand biblically where we stand as a church, the doctrine that we hold here, 
And I believe what the Bible clearly teaches. And there has been confusion. I was confused as a young believer. I was under the impression that the Holy Spirit didn't come upon a Christian, that, the, that believers did not have the Holy Spirit at all until they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've gone through the Scriptures, and that's if you've ever been taught that, that's a wrong teaching. See, the Holy Spirit is who, the, the part of the regeneration of the believer. Every believer, everybody who's saved, has the Holy Spirit in their life. Everybody has the Holy Spirit in their life who's a believer, who's repented of their sins and put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. John 3, 3 through 3, 5 says this, In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. When you're born again, you're born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells in you. He is the one who regenerates the believer. Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he is not his. Everyone who is his has the Spirit of God. Everyone who is His has the Holy Spirit. That's so important to understand. We as a, as a charismatic Pentecostal church, we cannot think of ourselves more highly than we ought because we're the only ones in Christendom that have the Holy Spirit. That's a lie. All believers have the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit and the agent of sanctification. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 I didn't put my bookmarks in. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 In the second part of it, it says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. It's the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us. Long before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we haven't gone into, the Holy Spirit is at work in the believer to bring them to Christ, to change them, to regenerate them, and to sanctify them. But I want to talk this morning about what Jesus was talking about. What was Jesus' final words? They were important. Wait Tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Now I want to give a quick overview of this time because I want to make sure that we understand the doctrine here. There are some people who teach and believe that the Holy Spirit is, the whole thing of the Holy Spirit is all done at the work of the cross and that there is no further expression of any part of the Holy Spirit. It was done at the cross. When, when Jesus Christ died, was resurrected again, and ascended into heaven, that was, that was going to be the end, and the Holy Spirit had no further indwelling on us as believers today. Now, the work of the cross was done and complete, absolutely complete, at the resurrection of Christ. We can go back and see other places. Jesus says it was finished on the cross, but not everything was finished. His work of, of, of dying for sins was about to be finished, but He had to rise from the dead. The Scriptures say if He's not risen, then there is no resurrection from the dead. He still had to rise from the dead. Then He appeared and He walked with His disciples for 40 days. 
40 days later is when He went up into heaven. At that point in time, when Jesus ascended into heaven, everything that Jesus had to do in our salvation, redemption, and sanctification was done. Yet, He said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes on you not many days from now. There was a point in time that Jesus knew had appointed in the history that the Holy Spirit would come and indwell the believer. And that was the day of Pentecost. We know that that was a few days after this event. Because Jesus walked with His disciples for 40 days. He was in the grave for three. That's 43. Passover happened. The next day after Passover was the beginning of a feast. The Feast of Weeks. Fifty days after that day was the day of Pentecost. And you can go and study that. I don't want to belabor that. But we know that there was almost a full week later that the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. And something changed in the believers. Something radical happened that made them different. A few weeks ago, Pastor Jeff gave a a great message on the transformation of Peter. Do you remember that? And he talked about what a difference was in Peter. He was, if, he was a coward to a bold preacher. He was the one denying Christ to the one who was laying his life down. What was the difference? Pentecost. That's what the difference was. He was restored. He repented from his sin. But the thing that changed drastically was 50 days after the, the crucifixion of Christ on the day of Pentecost, he was there in the upper room with 120 other people. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell as of tongues of fire. Everybody in the room was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues. And from that moment on, you see Peter in a whole new light, preaching, doing miracles. What made the difference was the Holy Ghost infilling in Peter's life. Now, who was that Holy Ghost infilling for? We, we could say, well, it was just for the disciples, but there was 120 people there. There was more than just the eleven. There was Mary. There was mothers. There was children. The disciples, many of them were there and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe it was just going to be for those elect 120. We find out in the Scriptures later four different times where it delineates the, the Gentiles, some Gentiles getting filled with the Holy Ghost, Jews getting filled with the Holy Ghost, different people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Who is this? For Who was the infilling of the Holy Spirit for? It was for all who are far off who will believe. Amen. Bible, Jesus said, this gift is for you. Peter said, this gift is for you, for your children and all who are far off who will believe. When he included children in there, he included those children in the Bible don't just mean the one set of children. It means those who will come after you. When Peter preached that great anointed message at Pentecost and, and the Holy Ghost fell and people, thousands, in the, thousands began to get saved and he says, the Holy Spirit, this gift is going to be for you, for your children and all who are far off who believe. There's a promise. There's a promise there for us. I want to go to Luke and establish the promise quickly. Everything's going to be quick this morning because I'm going to give weeks of messages in one sitting today. It's kind of like our walk through Daniel. Did the whole book of Daniel in one setting. Hallelujah. In chapter 
In Luke chapter 11, I have to find it because I'm doing this. Forgive me. Seeking a sign. (laughs) So I say to you, verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He wants to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. To all who are far off. To all who will believe. The Holy Spirit is poured out. He's in our lives before we ever ask, as Luke says, for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's given to us and He regenerates the believer. And he, it's a process of the sanctification. But then, the disciples had to go and tarry and wait for the gift that would be given from the Father. Poured out. Now, I want to also say that I don't believe that we have to tarry and wait and beg for the Holy Spirit. The disciples had to go and tarry for a while. For days. They waited until the Holy Spirit would be poured out. But the moment that the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, every instance after this you find in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is found immediately for those who are repentant, those who are obeying the Lord, and those who have asked. So I don't believe we have to tarry and wait and wait and wait and wait and God, please, 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 please. And the mo- After Pentecost, every instance in the Bible of the Holy Spirit being poured out was instantaneous. So it's a promise. And the moment that that happens, the moment that that happens, something changes in the life of the believer. And the Holy Spirit begins to empower us for a new work. For, for things that He said that we needed to do. He said that He wanted us to be His witnesses. But before we could do that, He needed us to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. Luke 24.49 says, Behold, I send the promise of My Father upon you, upon all of us who are far off, who believe. This promise is to you and your children. It's to Me. It's to those who seek it. What is the Holy Spirit for? The Holy Spirit is not to make us feel better. The Holy Spirit is not to make us feel superior to those who don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given for power, for evangelism, for sharing the Gospel. The Holy Spirit empowerment is for sharing our faith, for works of miracles. It's power. Who wants more power? I mean, all of us guys want more power. We go into our garages and try to make what we have more powerful. We don't, you know, we don't want these little wimpy plug-in things. We want gas-powered blowers, and we want, you know, who who went out this last year and bought the three hundred dollar snowblower that goes, <laughs> you know, you got the big one that shoots forty feet. You know, you're hoping to break some windows with that thing. We want power, and we want who wants a weak, wimpy Christian life? 
And we settle for that sometimes, but we don't want a weak, wimpy Christian life. And I'll tell you that the enemy wants to believe that that's what we're supposed to live and just kind of, oh, I'm always getting beat up, but I'm suffering for Jesus' sake. You know, God, you know, God wants to give you power, power over the enemy, power to do things witnessing to others and sharing your faith. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now I go, does that mean up until that point they didn't have power? I mean, they were already walking in so much. You know, Jesus said though, He says, I've given you authority over the power of the enemy. They had already gone out and even laid hands on the sick and there was some recovering going on and demons were being cast out already. And yet they still didn't have the power that Jesus says, there's more. There's something else. Now here, here's, here's the great thing. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved. But if God's got something for us, don't we want to walk in it? If He's got a gift laid up for us that's scriptural, don't we want to say, I'll receive whatever gift you have. Now some of us in here though, we have to break through some of our preconceived ideas, some of the things that we've understood and were taught in the past. And I encourage, if you're sitting in this room going, I've heard about this and I just don't think it's... I, I encourage you to begin to search out the Scriptures, the whole Scriptures. And see if you can find any reason that we're not supposed to walk in the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit on this day. He wants to give us power. He gave us authority and now He wants to give us power. And I love the Greek word and we've heard this before. Many of us, it's dunamis. Power. Dunamis. And that's where we get the word dynamite. He wants to give us dynamite power. Power that's... You know, when you, if, if we throw a stick of dynamite in this room, things are going to change. When you th- throw a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled person inside of a room, things should change. Things should be different when the power of the Holy Ghost is present than it was before the power of the Holy Ghost. And He's got this promise laid up for us. Supernatural power. God has bestowed many personality traits and many gifts in in people. I believe God has created every one of us. Everyone in this room has certain gifts and certain personalities and things that God has has designed them for. You ever just see the the kids that as soon as they're you know old enough, I mean, you can just tell they're going to be athletic. You you just tell. You know, other kids, you know, when they're, when they're just really young, they start drawing. I saw a kid at Starbucks the other day, a really young one, and and he was sitting with his mom, and he drew these amazing pictures. I, I think he was probably about seven. But, but his quality of drawing and, and writing and the lines and was amazing. was amazing. My stick figures are ugly. You can't even tell what they are. I don't have an artistic bone in my body. We do have an artist in here. We have some artists in here. And there's something that God instills in these people and they're just gifted. You know, those are natural gifts from God. He's got spiritual gifts from God that He also wants to give His people. And everything that's spiritual is supernatural. It's above the natural. It's better than the natural. I know a lot of people with wisdom. But supernatural wisdom is amazing. Supernatural wisdom is the gift of God moving through somebody because God is wisdom and He downloads the information He needs through somebody with a supernatural gift and things are very different with supernatural wisdom than regular wisdom. Words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, 
tongues, interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits. These are some of the gifts and the power that God wants to pour out on His church. I personally believe that His gifts, though, are as varied as the people in this room. I don't limit God's supernatural gifts to only the things in the Bible because I believe that God can do a lot of things even beyond those limitations. And we have to be careful to limit, limit God, but He gives us amazing lists in, of, of the gifts and the supernatural works that God wants to bestow on people. And I've, praise the Lord, I've had opportunities where I've walked in some of those. You know, you, when, when you can tell somebody's future or tell somebody what's been going on, that's not because you're a psychic or a palm reader. That's right. It's because God has downloaded things. Give me words of wisdom for people. And when you are sharing the love of Jesus with someone and God begins to move through you and you begin to say things like, you just had a fight with your grandfather. You ran out of the house. And he's a Christian. He's been praying for you. And you've had the fight because he wants you to be saved and you want to live your own life. And they start weeping because you just told them something you couldn't have known because this happened on the streets of Hollywood with a complete stranger. And that's a supernatural, Holy Ghost-given gift for the moment that says, I want to give these things to all of my children. All of my children. Power, prophecy, discerning of spirits. You know, when you come up against something and you're going, man, there's something really weird here. I don't know what's wrong with this person. Is it drugs? Is it a, is it a mental thing? The best thing that can happen right in that moment is for God to give you and move in you a discerning of spirits to know how to pray and deal with what's happening so that we don't deal with it in the natural. The Holy Spirit, power. Power to be His witnesses. Power to be His witnesses. Power to exhort and encourage. To win souls. That's God's heart. That's God's heart. And He's given that for us. This gift is a promise. Luke says all you have to do is ask. There was no begging and pleading every time somebody, when Paul would go or Peter would go and lay hands on them and said, have you received the Holy Spirit? We don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. They would just lay their hands on them and they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And lives would be changed. Lives would be changed because of the power of Oh, the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to share much, but I know one of the things that happened in Kenya was a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit in one of the churches they were at, and it looked like Pentecost. There was just just things happening there. People were, you know, nobody's even touching them. People just started falling over in the in the benches, just falling over under the power of the Spirit because God showed up, and people got saved. But that's one of the marks of the Holy Spirit. When it's a real move of God and a real move of the Holy Spirit, people will be getting saved and people will be coming back to the Lord. If it's just about fun things happening and neat things and whoopee whoopee and all this, you know, that's just a freak show. That's a blasphemy club. But when it's a work of God, there's going to be outward ministry going on and salvations occurring. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5.18 and we read in Luke 24:49 in Ephesians 5:18 the last part says be filled with the spirit be filled with the spirit this isn't a suggestion 
That is, in the Greek, be filled was a verb in the second person. It was present, it was plural, and it was an imperative. If you study the Greek, you go, so I don't even know what all those things mean. It means it's an action thing. It's a verb. It's for many of you, because it was plural, you guys, imperative means... Come on, this is imperative. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He has something for you that is going to make your Christian life easier and better and it's going to cause you to be a witness with power that you cannot be without it. It doesn't mean you don't get to go to heaven. It doesn't mean a lot of things, but it does mean that He wants to give you power. If I was going to go into a firefight and I had the choice of taking an M16 or a knife, I'm going to take the M16. I want more power. God wants to give that explosive power into our lives. We're commanded. I believe the things that we need to understand is it's a gift. It's a gift that we have to receive. It's free. He, he doesn't make us work for it. He doesn't give it to those who are better Christians or even older Christians. We find that believers in, in, the, in the book of Acts, in some of the instances, they are newly saved and were filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time. It's not about how long you've been serving Christ. It's not about how good you are. It's a gift that has to be received by faith. I think that's probably one of the biggest obstacles for us to receive the Holy Spirit is faith to, un- to really believe that He has something for us. That He has something that God is so good and so loving that He wants to give us something more. And uh, there's a lie that goes on in the heads of many people that says, I don't deserve anything more. He died for me. That's enough. I'm okay. I want to tell you, that lie is from the devil. That lie is from the devil. I even know as a, as a father, as a husband, when I've desired to give things, and my kids are pretty good, there's been times I've given them things and maybe tried to give them something else, and my kids, believe it or not, have said things like, no, that's okay, Dad. I, I, you know, you, you already did so much. You don't need to do this. Who wants a kid like that? And I said, no, I want to give this to you. It's a gift. I want you to have it. You deserve what God wants you to have. He wants you to walk in power. He wants you to walk in victory. He wants to see the lost around you saved and healed and set apart. It's a gift. But it does require a couple of things. It says in Acts 2.38, there's some requirements, I believe, in order to receive this. And we've already talked about some. It's a gift. We need to receive it. We need to even ask for it. Who of you... If your son asks, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's not an an automatic thing. But in Acts 2.38 it says, Repent and be baptized and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The the, The next thing is we have to understand is that there needs to be repentance in our lives. We need to repent in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Repentance means 
a change of the thinking, a change in agreeing with God. But it's really, there's a, there's a, it's just that you're going to, I agree that my sin is bad, I repent, I agree with God, and that's, a, that's one of the requirements. You have to repent of your sin. You have to repent and agree with God about your state. Baptism. I believe that baptism isn't required to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's right here. We see in, in the book of Acts and a few other instances that, that some of the believers weren't baptized yet, but they had the Holy Spirit. And that's when they said, man, they've already, they already, they already have the Holy Spirit. What prohibits them from being baptized also? Let's baptize them. God's poured out His gift on the Gentiles. So is baptism a requirement? I believe in the, in, the, in the sense that we have to be obedient to Christ. See, baptism is a step of faith and a step of obedience. But it's not required for salvation. There's been people who I believe are in heaven who weren't baptized, the thief on the cross. They didn't take him down and baptize him, yet he's there. Repent and be baptized. Are you obedient to Christ? Are you a believer? Repentance is only a, a head knowledge agreement. Then you have to receive Christ and become a believer. And be obedient to Him. So those are the things we need to do in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Repentance from sin. Understand that it's a definite experience. It's apart from salvation. It's not the same thing. He wants to give it to every believer, but it's something we need to understand that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. As those, says, we didn't even know there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, there is. Now you want it? Yes. It can be as simple as that. Here's, here's what's, what's, what we need to also get in, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to not have any preconceived ideas. What's going to happen? You know, we get scared of that stuff. I've, I've talked to plenty of people who goes, I don't want the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I don't want to do anything weird. <laughs> Well, you're already a believer. You're weird. <laughs> you believe in an unseen thing that you know created everything. That's weird enough. But but we have these even preconceived notions what it might look like. You know, we just need to say, God, you've given power for the believer through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I look at my life and I look at the results around me. I go, I need some power. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. And let Him do the work, even if it is weird. But it's a definite experience and it's apart from salvation. It follows our faith in Christ. It's your Heavenly Father who gives the Holy Spirit to them that ask. We read in Luke. I believe we also need to understand our deep conviction of need. We need to understand that we need God and we need His power working and flowing through us. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. We need Him and we need His power. I was having a great conversation this morning about how dark the days are today. Living in the last days. I'm not going to put any dates on it. But boy, I mean it's... Everything is just lining right up to be these are the last days. You know, we were even talking. I can now 
walk into Starbucks, and, and I'll guarantee you this will be others very, very, very soon, and I can hold up my little phone just like this, and they scan my phone, and I pay for my drink. It's really easy. I, I, instead of the card, they just, they just scan that little code, and it and it'll actually tell me within about 30 seconds what my new balance is. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Pretty soon I'll be able to do this at the store. I'll be able to do it anywhere I want, right on my phone. And uh, the next technology after that is going to say, "Man, if you lose your phone, you're in trouble." That's right. <laughs> I, I, I can pay for everything with my phone, and, and I lose my phone. What happens? You know, it'd be really good. Why don't we put this technology in a place that you can't lose it? Maybe on the back of your hand. We're set up for the end times. We're living in crazy days. More than ever, we need the Holy Spirit in power to witness, to live, to discern the spirits, to have supernatural wisdom, to have supernatural knowledge. We need anything God has. It's kind of like he says, hey, I got this secret stash of weapons. You want any of them? Open it on up. It's not for personal gain or glory, but for power evangelism, for boldness. How many of you say, man, I just, I lack the boldness. You know, Peter was too. He, did, he wasn't that bold. No, I don't know Jesus. But get him filled with the Holy Ghost and he's willing to preach until he dies. Power for service, power for spiritual warfare for every believer, all who are far off. For those of us who are obeying Him, those of us who have asked, He's got this. I also am excited to see in in the Scriptures, in the book of Acts, that the believers who were already filled with the Holy Spirit prayed a prayer in Acts chapter Chapter 4. They prayed a prayer of, God, give us the ability to speak in Your name and to not worry about the magistrates. And it's a great little prayer. And at the end of their prayer, it says the place where they were at was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I says, weren't they already filled? They were. It's wonderful to know that there can be a refilling. It's kind of like a power charge of the Holy Ghost come upon us when maybe we've walked in disobedience. I don't believe He ever leaves us. The Bible's very clear that He doesn't take His gifts back. But I believe that we can walk far enough away from God in disobedience and unbelief that our power level drops down. And what we need is a refilling of the Holy Ghost back in power. That's what I want. That's what God wants for us. Walk in that power. Are you a believer? Have you repented? God, give us your Holy Spirit. As we as we close, let's spend a couple of minutes in prayer. We have some worship going on in the back. We want to open up the front if you want to come and pray. God is the giver of the Holy Spirit. 
can have Una come and share on the, his play. It's not me. Though the Holy Spirit has been given at the laying on of hands. But it's God. Repent and believe that He has this gift for you. Receive it by faith. He'll pour out His Holy Spirit on us and things will begin to change. Jesus. If you've never invited Christ to be your Lord, this is the day to do it. He gives us power. Power over the enemy. Power in our lives. But first we have to have salvation. He has to regenerate our hearts. The first thing, if you're in here and have never done that, it's just a... It's simple and it's easy for God. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. And there's nothing I can do to be in right relationship with you. There's nothing I can do to be able to live forever in heaven. But today I receive the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. That He died for my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creature this day. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. I want to live an obedient life. And then for all of us and God, we know that there is a Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, part of the Godhead that is clear in Scripture. That you said you would give to those who asked. And that gift is for all of us who are far off will believe. This morning, God. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Fill me up. Fill me up in the Holy Ghost. That I might be your witness to the ends of the earth. Fill me up, God. Increase my faith to receive all the gifts of the Spirit that You would give me, God. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Thank You, Jesus. God, I thank You, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Shake this house. Shake this house. And let any foundation that's not of you crumble to the ground. Let it be built in power in the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's power.
God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. into the world, God, that you would send us in power. God, that we would come and we would confront the powers of darkness because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God. Demons will flee and will break the bondages in people's life, God. That you'll give us prophecies and words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Lord, we thank you for gifts of tongues and a prayer language of Holy Ghost praying, God. We thank you that we can build ourselves up in our most holy faith as we pray in the Holy Ghost. That when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray with words that we don't understand because we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We thank you for this. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, God, baptize us. Thank you, God, for your power. If you want to stay and continue to pray, if you want somebody to come and pray for you, you need to work through some issues, if you, you, you just feel like you need to continue to press in and pray and touch the, touch the hem of his garment, come and we want to allow time for doing that. Otherwise, you could be dismissed. Go with the power. Go with the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't, don't leave. If, you, if, if you're unsure of whether you receive the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, stay. Let's pray with you. Let's talk. We want, to, we want to allow and give opportunity for everybody to leave changed. Changed by the power of God. Be blessed. We'll see you this week in our life group meetings. Power.